counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first visit, it's really great to have you here. Now, visibility is something that's been on my mind like a lot lately because in February, in the Grow Your Private Practice membership, the theme is overcoming the fear of visibility because I know just how much it can really hold us back. And sometimes when you're either just starting out or really struggling with fears around being visible, it can seem really like you're on your own with it. I mean, I remember seeing people that were just so natural on social media, so natural in front of the camera and thinking that they got some sort of secret that I didn't have. I just felt like it was something that would be totally impossible for someone like me to do. And my fears kind of, well, they did. They really, really held me back. I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt like that. If you have ever felt like that, well, look, you're not alone because, you know, this is such a normal thing to feel. I mean, it could even be that you've seen me around and thought to yourself, well, she's a bit of a natural at this. She produces a podcast every week and weekly events and delivers talks and things like that. Well, this week, I'm going to do something slightly different here on the podcast because I've got my friend here, um, Fifi, to chat about our experiences of being more visible in our businesses. And it probably isn't going to be what you think. So I'm really excited that I've got my business bestie, my personal friend and friend of the Grow Your Private Practice membership, Fifi Mason, here to join us. Now, if you haven't come across Fifi before, then I would go and check her out at fifimason.com. Now, she works with introverts to help to inspire them to get more visible on their own terms. And she says, as an introvert, putting yourself out there can feel awkward, icky and most of all, exhausting. But if you're a solo business owner who provides the service based on your knowledge and expertise, then you are your business. So as much as you might want to hide, you can't. Because by avoiding the spotlight, you're limiting the growth and potential of your business. But that doesn't mean you have to fake being an an outgoing extrovert to be successful. You can build a personal brand business by being true to your personality. So that's what Fifi is all about, which is fantastic. So if you identify as being an introvert, be sure to check her out. Now, Fifi came and spoke to me right back in episode seven when she talked about using introvert superpowers to attract more clients. And that's been one of my most listened to episodes. So if you do identify as an introvert or you've got introvert tendencies, be sure to go and check that out because it's good. I think you'll find it really, really helpful. She shares lots and lots of different hint, um, hints and tips. So I'll share that uh, link somewhere below. And just before I go on and we have a chat with Fee, I'll just remind you what the focus of Visibility Month really entails. So, you know, as I say, a common fear amongst therapists is that fear of really being salesy or a fear of being visible and putting yourself out there. And it can be for all sorts of reasons, can't it? But the truth is, 
If you want to attract clients, if you want to help more people, if you want to make more money, then unless you let people know that you're there and that can help them, then they're just not going to be able to contact you. So visibility really is your opportunity to make a connection with your potential clients. It's as simple as that. It's about becoming known as the person that is helpful, knowledgeable and relatable. So then when they or somebody they know needs some help, you then become the obvious choice. So it's about becoming known, but it's about becoming known in a way that really feels comfortable for you. So it's not about, you know, forcing yourself to do anything. It's about finding the right things for you to do. So we have a month of events all recorded. So if you're listening to this after February, you're not going to miss out because all the recordings are available. So on the 10th of February, I'm holding a workshop that's called Attract More Clients by Helping Not Selling 2.0. So why is it 2.0? Well, this is the next step after getting the free resource. I have a free resource called Attract More Clients by Helping Not Selling. You can grab a copy of this from janetravis.co.uk slash attract more therapy clients. So basically what I'm doing is it's the next step to that to show you the actual, the, the mindset reframe to take and some practical things that you can do that is going to change everything so you can feel comfortable with being more visible. So you can post away on your socials comfortably without that fear, that, you know, that tummy churning fear. I also have a live Q&A event where you can ask me any questions about how you can personally find the courage to be more visible. And also in the monthly mindset call this month, yes, you guessed it, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the fears that you might have and how these fears can hold you back. And not only that, but how to actually start making steps to get rid of some of these fears. So if you need to be more visible, come and join us. And obviously there's everything else in the membership too. So there's the private practice success roadmap that's got all the training for all the, you know, the main things like niching and websites and social media and blogging and all of those good things. And we also have a supportive community and we've got an extensive course library with everything in there from niching to Google ads. There's something for everybody. So I'd love to see you on the inside. So just visit growyourprivatepractice.co.uk and come and see us. Anyway, that's enough about that. Let's get back to today's call. Let's get back to Fifi, where we have a chat really about our own struggles with visibility. But it's not just a chat. We're going to be also sharing some practical tips that can really help you to let go of that fear. And Fifi introduces us to the what if game, which is brilliant. It's really brilliant. So yeah, I think you're going to like this one. Fifi, thank you so much for coming and talking to us again. I know my listeners absolutely love hearing from you. You always, you know, there's always lots of people listen to the sessions with you. So thank you so much for coming and talking about visibility because visibility is something that really can get in the way of success in our business, can't it? It can, yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. And I really like being on here and and talking about stuff with you because, well, we know each other well and we have some great conversations anyway, don't we? So, well, yeah, feasibility is, it is something that a lot of business owners struggle with. And it's, it, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, industry you're in. If you're a coach, a consultant, a therapist, 
counsellor, service provider in some way, it tends to be that you need to be showing up and being visible. Absolutely, because I think there's there's almost a, a little aspect of if we build it, they will come. I think there's sometimes that little aspect of I know that there are loads of people out there that need help and I'm here to help them. And there's almost an expectation that somehow they'll be able to find us. But unless we're visible, unless we're letting people know that, you know, here I am, this is what I do, this is who I help, then it makes it really difficult for people to find, you know, the right person to help them. It does. And and we've spoken about this before, but it's all about like finding a way that fits you and doing it in a way where you're visible, but comfortable at the same time yeah absolutely because I, th- I think the point about visibility is that it can be you can be visible in a lot of different ways so you could be visible by writing a blog and you can be visible by networking going to an event you can be vis- visible by doing something like this you can be visible by going live and I think sometimes when people think about visibility it almost makes them feel that, oh God, I've got to do a certain thing a certain way. Like I've got to go live all the time or I've got to, you know, just be seen in a way that doesn't feel comfortable. But I think because there are so many different ways to be visible, we can find a way that actually is the right way for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like most people assume that being visible is just getting on social media and and maybe doing reels or uh, stories or posting about yourself on any social channel. But it isn't. It's, it, it is blogging. It is being interviewed on a podcast. All the different ways that you can be visible and be seen. And it really is about finding what you're comfortable with. And personally, I, I work with introverts. So it's also like understanding yourself and knowing like that it's that what works for you doesn't have doesn't have to be what works for someone else you just find your own way with it yeah and like you know i know that you work with introverts and i think there's going to be a difference i mean maybe you don't agree but would you agree that there's a difference in the way that an introvert and an extrovert is likely to do their marketing yeah well you you can see it a lot when you when you're on social media or when you go to networking events, there's certain personalities that lend themselves to those kinds of mediums or it's not the medium as such, it's more of the process. Especially networking, like you're going to be having to con- like have lots of conversations and and be, be present in the room and talk to people and that might not be for you. Um and going live on social media, especially I have I have found that that's difficult for me because I really can't think off the top of my head very well. So it, I, I find it a struggle yeah. to do something like that. So it's either a case of choosing the things that that suit you, that suit your personality or temperament and keep you enough in your comfort zone, but push you a little bit. And maybe the other angle is having processes that help you, that that keep, that can get you to do things if you feel like you're struggling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey into visibility, because I think for most of us, it's something that it is a journey, isn't it? It takes a little bit of a little bit of work, maybe a little bit of trial and error. Well, how's it been for you? Yeah, of course. So when I basically it was 2018 when I started freelancing as a brand web designer and back then in that first year I was not visible I I would I think I had one photo of myself which is more than some people do but there was one that I was happy with and that's the one that I would have on at at first had on like my about page on my website and that was it and then I started using it as my profile photo and that was it like I never posted about myself. I never talked about myself. I was always in this kind of mindset of one, who cares? Like, who cares about me? Two, but is it, that's not professional. What if people think that I'm, yeah, like they don't want to work with me because they think that I'm not a professional. And in three, it was, a lot of the time, I just didn't know what to do that, that was best for me because there's so many things and it can become overwhelming. And really that first year, I I really struggled. So um, I got enough clients. I had, I had some clients through referrals, basically, but I wasn't visible on social media. And every time I would post, I... It would just be generic content, things that just kind of taught people things that I knew. Or things like quotes, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it was like, it was just like, just stuff that didn't mean anything. There was no meaning behind it. And in in my journey of being in a business, because we grow and we develop, and I just came to this point where I was like, what am I even doing? Like, I don't know who I'm really talking to. I don't I don't feel like I'm enjoying this what I'm doing because of the clients that I'm attracting. Why is that? Why am I attracting these clients I don't really even want to work with? And basically it's because they didn't know who I am and I didn't know who they were. And when when people don't know who you are, they you will just get anyone and then you might not align with them. They might not have the same values as you. They might not appreciate you because they don't see you as a person. They just see you as a a service. This is what I'm going to get. Whereas if you start to understand who you want to help the most and, and know yourself as well, like your values and who you want to be around, that's when you can start to really dig into being more visible because it, it gives you... The, not the courage or confidence as such, but, but in, in a sense, like it gives you a way forwards, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And in the, in the counselling world, we have the therapeutic alliance or the therapeutic relationship. And that's because uh, that's all about how, how the client and the therapist get on in the counselling room is sort of really important in the quality of the counselling they receive and the possible outcomes so for me, I think it's really important as counsellors that we can let people see a little bit of who we are 
so that people can say, right, you know, that's the person that I might feel comfortable with. And it's exactly the same, but slightly different language. It's about having the right people come to you so that you can help them more. Yeah. Exactly. Then if, if somebody just came and it's like if somebody just comes and says, you know, I need, I need some therapy, just, you know, just counsel me. It's like, okay, it's not quite like that. You know, it's a little bit more, you know, people often work very relationally. So yeah, being visible is the chance for people to work out if you're the right person. And I guess as well, for you to attract the right people in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So when you, when you're, when you're actually being visible, you're either, you're either attracting the people that you want to work with and be around and that are, that, that value what you, that, who you are, like have the same beliefs in, in you as you do. And there's also the element of relatability, as you say, like it's, no it, it's getting them getting to know you as a person and and seeing that you're genuine real and have very similar things in common or th- the situations or the struggles that you've had are very similar like the challenges you face to like you have this relatability and it makes you it makes people trust you more it's all yeah. about trust really that's what it comes down to when we're marketing and when we're putting ourselves out there we want to build trust we want people to see us as real genuine people who who love what they do and care about their customers or clients and want to help them and that's the 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 only way to get that across is to show up and show people yeah who you are it's the good old no like and trust factor, isn't it? And it's exactly. um, it's just it's just so important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, what made things change for you? How did things change for you? Yeah. So after this first year of of really hiding, in a sense, and and I see this often as well with with past clients or just others, like they the journey is that you create a logo you get your website you start posting things on social media but you've you've really forgotten yourself in the whole process and the uh, the, the thing that changed for me was that i got to this point where i had some particularly difficult clients that were de- demanding so much from me that i just didn't even want to work anymore I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning to to go do the work for them. Like I had no motivation, I had no desire. And sometimes after speaking to the client, I would be in tears. And that was not a good place to be. Uh-huh. And I had to make changes. I knew that. And and I went on this journey and this is and this is what I teach now. It's 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 a it's a journey of personal brand branding and his journey of self-discovery and and that's how things changed for me it was really understanding who I am to start with and then getting to know and understand who I want to help the most yeah and then it's really being able to articulate what I stand for what I believe in my own methods and frameworks and things like that so that 
I can articulate what my value is in the right way, but also knowing myself enough that I can post things or go on a, on a podcast and and know what I'm talking about because that's another thing like a lot of the time we we just feel like we don't know what to say yeah and I, I think you're so right there I think very often you know we do those things we do kind of the sexy things don't we of getting a logo and getting a, a website and getting some business cards but it's so easy to miss something that's fundamental which is who am I what do I want? How do I want to help people? What is my purpose here? What are my brand values? What are my what are my values as a counsellor? What do I stand for? What do I feel passionately about? Because when we know that, then that comes that kind of comes out, doesn't it? Sometimes we say it, and sometimes it kind of comes out like by osmosis. It just kind of leaks out of us, doesn't it? And people pick up on it, and then they find that really attractive. And we're not really talking about crossing any real, you know, big, you know, personal disclosure boundaries. This is more about just letting your personality show, which is, you know, there's there's nothing, nothing wrong with letting your personality show. It's just the type of person you are. And that's what makes people be attracted to you. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is that it's it's really knowing yourself, what you stand for, so that whenever you show up, it's just second nature. It's not something you have to think about. Like you're just being yourself. And who doesn't want to show up every day as their self themselves? It's just it, if you can find a way to move past some of the things that might hold you back from that, it's so refreshing and rewarding. And every day is like a joy to to work on your business because yeah. it's a part of you. Well, it's a game changer, isn't it? Because you're not having to pretend to be a different version of you, which is exhausting. If you think that you're having to be like a professional counsellor with a capital P and capital C, that you've got to be a certain way, well, that's just not you being authentic. And authenticity is like, is everything really, isn't it? In in business and in counselling. It is. It has become a little bit of a buzzword now, authenticity. But it really is, like when you think of the fundamentals of what it means, what we should be striving for, we want to see that in other people. So we should be doing that ourselves and just, yeah, showing up in a way that we are, that makes us happy and and that we can just enjoy everything that we do. Yeah. And I think that's what makes a big difference as well. If people think, right, I've got to do, if you're kind of dragged kicking and screaming to do your, to do your marketing, if you kind of hate doing it, then A, you're not going to do it regularly, so that's not brilliant. But B, it's just going to not have such a good, good you're not going to get the results. So I, you know, I think for me, it's all about making life easy on yourself and enjoying things so if you can enjoy what you're doing if you can do the activities are going to be in alignment with you and you're going to be able to share your passion and be able to just do things that are going to help people then that's going to feel so much better and I know myself it feels so much better rather than you know trying to pretend to be something that you may be not yeah you you have a story don't you of 
your of your struggles and disability so like how how did it show up for you well for me well it's I, I was thinking about it this morning I was laid in bed this morning thinking what am I going to say about my story <laughs> and it's I find it difficult actually because I'm not very good at talking about myself so I'm just practicing sort of sharing a little bit more about myself to be honest it's partly because of me being me and partly because obviously as an ex-counsellor we were always told not to sort of say a lot about ourselves mm. but for me I think my my story about visibility is probably slightly different so I've always been shy you know so I've always been a very very shy person which I know is um not unusual for a lot of people but I also know through talking to you that shyness is actually it's not about being introverted or anything like that shyness is something that you can work on and change so yeah so but I, w- I was always very shy when I was little and pers- so my story is I've always had like eczema and I've always had like really really bad eczema and when I was younger I had it like all over my face all over my body and it was just it was so bad it was painful of course it was painful but it was also really embarrassing and so for me visibility has always been an issue so when I say it was really bad I was actually hospitalized with it I was in hospital with it for a week I also was registered disabled because of it you know it wasn't just a little patch of eczema it was it was incredibly bad and when you've got something like that and anybody who's in this sort of situation so it might be that you've got some sort of something about you that's physically different or maybe you're in a wheelchair or maybe you've got I don't know alopecia or there was somebody in the news the other day who was who has dwarfism and he was talking about it anything that is slightly different for you physically has an impact and you've kind of got a choice I think you've got a choice of either hiding away and staying at home and never going out or you have to learn how to go out and put a brave face on everything And I think a lot of people decide they're going to have to go out and put a brave face on it because otherwise you don't have a life. So that's what I did. And I became really, really good at putting a brave face on everything. So for me, visibility, even before thinking about being visible in business, just being visible as a person in life, in my my life, was difficult and there was a huge amount of anxiety and I think you know you could probably I'm sure people can understand how that feels I know you know if you just have a spot or a cold sore it feels like awful so I know a lot of people will will sort of identify with how how that might feel but it was really really exhausting Mm -hmm. so when I started in business well when I first started in business marketing was different to start with so I started it it was about 2005 which was around about the time Facebook started so when I started in business marketing you practice you didn't really have to be visible you put an advert somewhere and when Facebook started you would do those things you would put you would put a quote image on there or you know you'd share an image of something and you didn't have to actually be visible as in being seen so you could quite easily get away with just not being visible. And then they went and started things like Facebook Live. And I don't know if you remember Periscope. And that was like, you know, you'd go live on Periscope. And I got invited to do some stuff on there. And I was, all I can say is I was totally terrified. I never said no, because like I say, I've, I've kind of got this tenacity really now. I think because of that, you know, background, I have a tenacity of I'm not going to say no to things. 
So I'd do things, but I would have like enormous anxiety, like off the chart anxiety. I'd be absolutely beside myself, but I'd have this big brave face on them. People, I'm sure people would think I was absolutely fine, but I wasn't. I was dying inside. It was awful. And I've kind of done that for like most of my time in business. I've kind of just forced myself to do things that I don't feel very comfortable with. And I think what's been happening for me lately is I've been like examining this a lot more. And yeah, I don't think that we need to force ourselves to do things if we feel really uncomfortable doing them. I don't think I have to force myself to do things if I feel really uncomfortable. So, for example, I know you've started on on doing reels recently, which is great. But for me, the thought of doing reels or TikTok kind of fills me with dread. You know, I'm not really comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable really in front of the camera. So I go live every week in my membership. So I've got live events every single week. I'm fine doing that somehow because it's almost like I'm with friends because it's the members of the group. But I don't feel comfortable going live just on Facebook Lives or just on Instagram Lives. So I could force myself. But what I've started doing is just concentrating on doing the things and the activities that I feel comfortable doing. And that means that I don't spend every day going through massive anxiety of, oh God, I've got to go live, I've got to go live, I've got to go live. So for me, what I've learned is I don't have to put myself through that anxiety to be visible. I can find ways that I can be visible. So for example, I know YouTube is a brilliant thing, isn't it? YouTube is a great thing and lots of people have a huge amount of success. And you'll often hear gurus saying, oh yeah, you want to be on YouTube because you can monetize it as well and, you know, all the rest of it. The thought of being on YouTube fills me with dread the thought of having to be on camera so much. So it's hardly surprising really, is it, that I do a podcast because I can sit here, I'm kind of hidden, nobody can see me, but I'm being visible insofar as I'm able to talk to people, I'm able to share stuff, I'm able to, you know, get get that, yeah, be visible, share, share all these things, but in a way that's suitable for me. And that's what I used to do with blogging. I mean, blogging is brilliant for that because you can write something and get it out there and it's quite a safe way. I think if you're very scared of visibility and if you're really scared of putting yourself out there, a great first step is start writing blogs because, you know, you're doing it in the comfort of your own home. You can think about what you're going to write and it feels a lot more comfortable. But that's me. I mean, so I suppose... I suppose the big message that I would say is you don't have to go through extreme visibility just to have a practice. You don't have to go through, you know, forcing yourself to do things that don't feel right. Because I always say this, there are hundreds of ways of doing marketing. It's about finding the ways of marketing that suit you because there are loads. So that's kind of my story. There's so much more I could say about it, but that's that's kind of my horrendous story of terror and fear of being visible. I could totally re- relate to that though, because I was shy. I was very shy when I was a teenager, like painfully shy. Yeah. And just, I, I have vivid memories of how embarrassed I would be just walking past someone in the street 
it was that bad for me. And I didn't have eczema, but I had uh, what is called blepharitis, which is um, there's like redness around your eyes and like dried skin. And often I would get people saying, are you on drugs? Because I couldn't wear makeup to cover it because it would be worse. And so I just constantly had these red eyes that made me look like I was a druggie of some kind. (laughs) And that probably affected it as well in a way, but I I never really associated it with, with, I just was very, very shy. And as time went on, I kind of got past that. But I suppose some of those visibility things stick with us, don't they? They stick with us over time as as you say and, and and then you made a great point about how marketing has changed and now it really is about having to be visible in a way because that's how you can stand out like if you're if you're hiding behind a logo and someone else isn't then there's there's definitely going to be more connection and that's that's the word connection to yeah. someone who is visible and that means they're going to want to work with that person over someone they can't see. Yeah. And and I think that's that is the word that it is really because with when we're visible, we can truly connect. People can see us. Yeah. Know us. The whole like know and trust. And that's the thing, isn't it? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We're talking about visibility, and of course, when when I think of visibility, I think about actually being seen, like you know, me being seen. But what we're doing now is visibility. And neither of, you know, we're not being seen because we're no. obviously, you know, recording this. But it is forming connections. So people get an idea of who you are. People get an idea of who I am. So it forms a connection. So it's not that we have to stand up, you know, and wave our arms about and, you know, go live everywhere and have our images everywhere we don't have to do that you know although you can do obviously yeah. it's, you know, it's fine but you don't actually have to do that you just have to do something that helps people to connect with you in whatever way that is yeah and, and true connection is is having having to be vulnerable sometimes i don't know if you're a, a fan of Brené brown oh well who isn't <laughs> no exactly <laughs> And well, she she's researched connection, vulnerability, belonging. That's all all of all of this, isn't it? Really, it it really comes down to a lot of those things, and authenticity as well. To to be truly authentic and to show up, we need to to be truly authentic and connect. We need to show up and, and share things about ourselves. But it doesn't mean you have to do it in a certain way and it doesn't mean you have to do it all at once and just kind of throw yourself at it. I always say to my clients, take it slow. And as, as you was kind of describing, you started with a blog and then you went on to a podcast. Now, for someone who's starting out they're not going to think oh I'm going to create a podcast straight away because that might be quite daunting so you start off slow and you can get used to being visible get used to sharing more about yourself and showing up being visible physically 
as well. And if if you're someone who has some st- self-esteem issues, that could be really difficult. But you don't yeah. have to just show up. You don't have to post a picture everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. It's really taking your taking the baby steps yeah. to show up in a way that aligns with you. And I think that's kind of where I went. That what happened for me was I didn't take baby steps into anything because I just it was a case of right for me to get out there and do anything, I had to just go for it, put my big brave face on. But I think the thing that I've learned really is that you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to just go hell for leather and just force yourself to, you know, not just come out of your comfort zone, but like, you know, throw yourself off a plane of your comfort mm. zone, you know. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's about making it easy for, for yourself. And it is those baby steps. You know, my word of the year this year is progress. And it is the little baby steps of just see what will it feel like if I post something on social media and he, he posts something and it's like, oh, nothing really bad happened. Mm-hmm. Let's try it again. And over time, you realise that all of those worries and all of those fears probably don't materialise. And that gives you a little bit more confidence to maybe try just dipping your toe into the next step. So rather than just go, right, I've got to do a live every day on Facebook, it's like, no, you don't. Let's just start doing something and gradually see what it feels like to work up to mm-hmm. like the level that you feel comfortable doing. Exactly. Definitely. Did you say, sorry. No, go on. Did you say you've got a, a quiz? Yes, I actually, I've got a game. That a game. Play. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but actually, this is, this is a good point to bring it up because we're talking a little bit about um, the anxiety, the social anxiety that, that might come from being social or doing some of these things that we need to do to get visible. And uh, I mean, so being social on social media. And this this game is is basically to take you, to give you like a reframing moment in a sense. So it's, the idea is it's going to help you put Put aside your ego and work from a place of service. And well, to start with, I'll define ego because the word ego kind of depicts this negative side of ourselves. And it's not really that. Like, I'm not saying that you're a, you only care about yourself, that your ego is just who, like, the the self-importance like I'm really good or I don't care about anyone else that's not what your ego is your ego as you'll probably know being in the space of therapy and in in psychotherapy is is centered around self-worth self-pride self-image self-esteem self-confidence and it doesn't have to be specifically negative but when we start having those thoughts that we can't do some of these things it often is because we are thinking in a place of our ego and it could be that you're having some fears around being rejected or a fear of judgment and those sorts of things. So the game is called the what if game and to play it, it is to create two columns and in the first column you have ego and in the second column you have service. 
And when you're in a moment where you're going to post something on social media or you're worrying about what you're going to say in a podcast interview that you might have, and you're having some of those things crop up, those questions, it's that you have a service question that kind of follows it up. So the idea is in the first column, you have ego. And if, you, if you're thinking, well, what if someone thinks I look ridiculous? But in the next column, in the service column, you would put, what if hearing my story and seeing me helps someone feel less alone? I love it. I love that. So in the, in the, uh, if we go back to the ego column, it is, if you was to think, what if nobody agrees with me? This is fear of rejection. You change that into, what if my perspective opens up possibilities for someone else? Yeah, yeah. And then I've got a lot more, so <laughs> and I'll see if you can come up with someone we'll come up with with the with the other side. So what if someone says something negative? That can happen. But what if I say something that inspires just one person to take action? And then back to the ego column, what if I mess up and they think that I don't know what I'm talking about? In the service perspective, you think, what if someone sees I'm human and that it's okay to not be perfect? Yeah. And it's really taking yourself out of the, acknowledging your thought around it, but then thinking, well, if I'm thinking from a place of service and not a place of ego, yeah. how do I flip this over? How do I change it? Can you think of any what ifs? Oh, God, I love that. So um, what if somebody trolls me? That's a big one, isn't it? A real fear that somebody's going to come on and troll you. So the service side would be, what if I was able to give them something to reflect on? I don't know if that's good enough. I think no it makes sense that you might refine it but it it makes sense that you even though they might start saying things and start saying oh well and like when you see the troll people trolling other people it's they're trying to get get kind of like an argument going in a sense but they still have their perspective on it and maybe if you was to take the stance of well I'm still going to be from a place of service when you're dealing with that situation you might change their mind who knows yes and the other thing is that other people seeing that will see Mm -hmm. that people can cope with it as well can't they so the service side of that might be what if somebody is inspired to give their opinion more because you've done it yeah 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 exactly do i get points for this no Okay, so there are a couple of wild card what ifs, though. Okay. And one of them is <clears throat> something we've already touched on. What if this is too personal? Uh-huh. So, what if it's something that you're going to share that seems a bit too personal? And that why this is a wild card is because you, you, you could come up with a service oriented one, but it comes under the umbrella of your boundaries. Uh-huh. And this is where you need to set your boundaries and be clear on them. Yeah. And 
I, I do this with my vulnerability comfort level calculator. Um, and I can share a link to that so so everyone has uh, access to it. I think I have shared it before, but we can share it again. Yeah. And basically it is just knowing exactly what you are comfortable revealing and sharing about yourself. Yeah. And the idea is that you, you rate them based on if you're happy to share it, if you're happy to share it because it's going to help someone, if it's too sensitive for you right now and that you might come back to it and think and reconsider that in the future or if it's just not relevant to your brand because we need to be sticking to our values what we believe in what we stand for and if it's not relevant then it's not something you need to talk about yeah so that is one of the wild cards it's within the area of you need to firstly think of your yeah and I think that is something to actually sit down and consider and, you know, go through your worksheet because that is something that I think when it comes to visibility, something that people really do struggle with is is what they're going to disclose, is, you know, what's too much, what's not enough. And especially for counsellors with their personal disclosure, you know, problems and issues. I have actually done a couple of blog posts, uh, no, what are these, podcasts about this. So I'll link that below as well if anybody wants to have a look at that. But yeah, getting those getting those boundaries and getting clear on those boundaries in advance takes away such a lot of stress, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. yeah. And when you when you're clear on what you're comfortable with sharing, it just gets a bit easier as well. And again, it's it's those baby steps. And you might feel to start with that you don't want to reveal anything about your relationship or your family. But maybe down the line you think well, there's nothing wrong with telling everyone that I have a husband who, um, who I love dearly. But to start with, maybe it's not something you want to reveal and it's just taking those baby steps again. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably slightly different for counsellors, but there are lots of different, lots of different personal disclosure things. Like I can remember once actually when I was talking to a counsellor about personal disclosure and she said, well, this was ages ago when Facebook hadn't really been around that long. She says, well, what would you put on Facebook? And I said, well, if I was going for a coffee, I'd talk about, you know, what cake I was having. And she said, oh, well, I said, well, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody if they, if I said that I had chocolate cake rather than carrot cake. And she said, oh, well, I don't know. And I thought, you have to really make your own mind up. Do you think it's going to impact negatively on the quality of the counselling that potential client might potentially receive? if they know you had carrot cake, carrot cake or chocolate cake. So you have yeah. to really, you have to make your own mind up about things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then there's the, there's the whole aspect of um, the story, your story. Yes. Like, how do you share your own story of becoming a counsellor or a therapist if you feel like your that story is going to impact how people see you and I can see that there would be a struggle there but really it's your story and surely you can share your story yeah absolutely I think that it's um I think I think you can really share anything it's how you choose to do it yeah. so for example I might not share that I'm, I'm not married anyway but I might not share that I'm married but I might talk about a story about something and by that story you might understand that I was married 
I don't know if that's making sense. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure that. No, 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 that definitely makes sense. Yeah. 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 And so, so you, it could be like your, you, you were going through, I don't know, like it could be a funny story. It could yeah. be a funny story of something that you did at the weekend and you just, you just say I was out with my husband. You're not talking about them. Yeah. You say anything about them, but you're just mentioning the fact that you have a husband. Yeah. <laughs> or even things like, have you ever, have you ever done such and such? It kind of implies that you've done it as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So there are ways of getting around saying, this is, you know, I've done this thing in the in the language that you use as well. But by doing that, it just creates that connection, that all-important connection as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So that so that was the game. Uh, well, I really like that what because is? it actually gives you something because we all know what it's like to have those voices in our head that go, oh, you can't do that because of this or you can't do that because of that. One of the big ones I hear often is, oh, um, I've got nothing interesting to say or I've got nothing new to say. And it's like, well, you haven't got anything new to say because let's face it, everything's been said before, but you have a new way of saying it. And that's what goes in the service column, isn't it? So the the, mm-hmm. the ego might say, you've got nothing new to say. But the service column might say, I can share this in a different way that might just impact somebody differently. Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, <laughs> you can do that right. right. I yeah. Like it. I did have another one. Um, oh, cool. Where is that gone? So it was... It, this one's more around imposter syndrome, I suppose. Like, what if someone sees me as a fraud? And that's quite a that's quite a big one, yeah, for a lot of people. And really, what you could say back to that is, what if someone is inspired by what I've said? Like, we the fraud thing is something that we take on ourselves, and if we just flip it to the service side. It's really just not about us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> I'm actually doing a workshop about that in a couple of weeks. My In the membership at the moment in February, it's all about visibility. I've got a free resource that's called Attract More Clients by Helping Not Selling. And I'll put a link to that below. And I'm kind of doing a workshop based on that. So it's Attract More Clients by Helping Not Selling 2.0. I imaginatively called it. And it's literally about being able to step out of the imposter syndrome. I think sometimes we can get a bit caught up in our own heads, can't we? And we can be like, I've got to be this. I've got to be extra clever. I've got to be have all the experience. I've got to say something really extraordinary. But if we turn it around and think, right, what does the reader need? What does the potential client need? Then you're able to concentrate on helping them rather than get caught up in me, 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 me. So you can leave behind, like, I feel worried, I feel scared, I'm I'm an imposter, nobody's going to listen to what I've got to say. And we can focus instead of, right, what do my people need to hear from me? What do people want to know? What would help them? And that takes us away from that horrible, crippling sort of feeling that we get of the visibility of I've got to do something really special do you know what I mean yeah definitely yeah it is it is that though isn't it is it just holds you back and if you all the 
all of the thoughts in our heads hold us back. And if you just to take yourself out of the situation, which I'm not saying is easy, but that's why you can have these tools like the what if game to, to in those moments, switch your thinking and, and really come from a different perspective, the perspective of being of service, being there for your, for those that you want to help the most. And, and it's something that I work on with my clients a lot because it, it's your, it's your why. And I know you've talked about, you talk about your why a lot in terms of your personal why, but this is like your altruistic why. This is the, why did you start your practice in the first place or your business? Why did you decide to do this? And the question I use is, what did you see in the world that you wanted to change? Because that helps you dig into your deeper purpose, your deeper why, and get clear on who it is you want to help the most and yeah. that perspective of service, of of being of service. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant place to stop, actually. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a good place to end. It is all about helping other people, which is, yeah, kind of kind of what it's all about, isn't it? It is what we it's what we do it for. Yeah. Fifi, thank you so much for coming along. I'm just gonna say actually, just before I end, for anybody, you know, we're talking about visibility. I'm not brilliant at networking because I'm a massive introvert. And Fifi is an an introvert that's like your business is all about helping helping introverts we met at a local networking event didn't we and we became friends and now we're personal friends which is fantastic so sometimes when you put yourself out there good things happen and you can make some friends so you know that's a another side of being visible is you start building your network making friends as well so yeah yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah it's great Thank you so much, Fee. Thank you so much for having me. See, I told you that Fifi's brilliant and I love her What If game. I think it's absolute genius. I'd really love to know how you get on with it as well. Now, if you want to go and find Fee, then just check her out at fifimason.com. And if you want to grab that free resource that she mentioned about exploring your comfort level, and basically this is how to work out your own personal disclosure boundaries, then go to fifimason.com slash comfort level and you can download it there. Now, you'll usually find her on LinkedIn. So just do a search for The Fifi Mason and say hi to her. I know that she'd love to connect. So, you know, tell her that you was listening to the podcast. Say hi. Or if you're on Instagram, again, she's at the, the Fifi Mason. Or she does have a Facebook group called Introvert Women Entrepreneurs. So you can also check that out. Okay, so that's it for this week. I hope you have a fabulous rest of the week. And look, I'm going to challenge you to just dip a toe into being ever so slightly more visible and let me know how you get on. So have a fantastic week and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.